Chapter Twenty Eight of the Italian. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kathy Barrett. The Italian by Anne Radcliffe. Chapter Twenty Eight. It came o'er my soul as doth the thunder, while distant yet, with an unexpected burst, it threats the trembling ear. Now to the trial. Caractacus. In consequence of what had transpired at the last examination of Vivaldi, the grand penitentiary Ansaldo, together with the father Scidoni, were cited to appear before the table of the Holy Office. Scidoni was arrested on his way to Rome, whither he was going privately to make further efforts for the liberation of Vivaldi, whose release he had found it more difficult to effect than his imprisonment the person upon whose assistance the confessor relied in the first instance having boasted of more influence than he possessed or perhaps thought it prudent to exert Scidoni had been the more anxious to procure an immediate release for vivaldi lest a report of his situation should reach his family notwithstanding the precautions which are usually employed to throw an impenetrable shroud over the prisoners of this dreadful tribunal and bury them forever from the knowledge of their friends such premature discovery of vivaldi's circumstances scidoni apprehended might include also a discovery of the persecutor and draw down upon himself the abhorrence and the vengeance of a family whom it was now more than ever his wish and his interest to conciliate it was still his intention that the nuptials of vivaldi and elena should be privately solemnized immediately on the release of the prisoner who even if he had reason to suspect scidoni for his late persecutor would then be interested in concealing his suspicions for ever and from whom therefore no evil was to be apprehended how little did vivaldi foresee that in repeating to the tribunal the stranger's summons of father scidoni he was deferring or perhaps wholly preventing his own marriage with elena di rasalba how little also did he apprehend what would be the further consequences of a disclosure which the peculiar circumstances of his situation had hardly permitted him to withhold though could he have understood the probable event of it he would have braved all the terrors of the tribunal and death itself rather than incur the remorse of having promoted it the motive for his arrestation was concealed from Scidoni, who had not the remotest suspicion of its nature, but attributed the arrest to a discovery which the tribunal had made of his being the accuser of Vivaldi. This disclosure he attributed to his own imprudence in having stated, as an instance of Vivaldi's contempt for the Catholic faith, that he had insulted a priest while doing penance in the church of the Spirito Santo by what art the tribunal had discovered that he was the priest alluded to and the author of the accusation scidoni could by no means conjecture he was willing to believe that this arrest was only for the purpose of obtaining proof of vivaldi's guilt and the confessor knew that he could so conduct himself in evidence as in all probability to exculpate the prisoner from whom when he should explain himself no resentment on account of his former conduct was to be apprehended yet scidoni was not perfectly at ease for it was possible that a knowledge of vivaldi's situation and of the author of it had reached his family and had produced his own arrest on this head however his fears were not powerful since the longer he dwelt upon the subject the more improbable it appeared that such a disclosure at least so far as it related to himself could have been effected vivaldi from the night of his late examination was not called upon till scidoni and father ansaldo appeared together in the hall of the tribunal the two latter had already been separately examined and ansaldo had privately stated the particulars of the confession he had received on the vigil of the santo marco in the year seventeen fifty two for which disclosure he had received formal absolution what had passed at that examination does not appear but on this his second interrogation he was required to repeat the subject and the circumstances of the confession this was probably with a view of observing its effect upon scidoni and on vivaldi which would direct the opinion of the tribunal as to the guilt of the confessor and the veracity of the young prisoner on this night a very exact inquiry was made concerning every person who had obtained admission into the hall of justice such officials as were not immediately necessary to assist in the ceremonies of the tribunal were excluded together with every other person belonging to the inquisition not material to the evidence or to the judges when this scrutiny was over the prisoners were brought in and their conductors ordered to withdraw a silence of some moments prevailed in the hall and however different might be the reflections of the several prisoners the degree of anxious expectation was in each probably nearly the same 
the grand vicar having spoken a few words in private to a person on his left hand an inquisitor arose if any person in this court said he is known by the name of father scidoni belonging to the dominican society of the spirito santo at naples let him appear scidoni answered to the summons he came forward with a firm step and having crossed himself and bowed to the tribunal awaited in silence its commands the penitentiary ansaldo was next called upon vivaldi observed that he faltered as he advanced and that his obeisance to the tribunal was more profound than scidoni's had been vivaldi himself was then summoned his air was calm and dignified and his countenance expressed the solemn energy of his feelings but nothing of dejection scidoni and ansaldo were now for the first time confronted whatever might be the feelings of scidoni on beholding the penitentiary of the santa del pianto he effectually concealed them the grand vicar himself opened the examination you father scidoni of the spirito santo he said answer and say whether the person who now stands before you bearing the title of grand penitentiary of the order of the black penitents and presiding over the convent of the santa maria del pianto at naples is known to you to this requisition scidoni replied with firmness in the negative you have never to your knowledge seen him before this hour never said scidoni let the oath be administered added the grand vicar scidoni having accepted it the same questions were put to ansaldo concerning the confessor when to the astonishment of vivaldi and of the greater part of the court the penitentiary denied all knowledge of scidoni his negative was given however in a less decisive manner than that of the confessor and when the usual oath was offered ansaldo declined to accept it vivaldi was next called upon to identify scidoni he declared that the person who was then pointed out to him he had never known by any other denomination than that of father scidoni and that he had always understood him to be a monk of the spirito santo but vivaldi was at the same time careful to repeat that he knew nothing further relative to his life scidoni was somewhat surprised at this apparent candour of vivaldi towards himself but accustomed to impute an evil motive to all conduct which he could not clearly comprehend he did not scruple to believe that some latent mischief was directed against him in this seemingly honest declaration after some further preliminary forms had passed ansaldo was ordered to relate the particulars of the confession which had been made to him on the eve of the santo marco it must be remembered that this was still what is called in the inquisition a private examination after he had taken the customary oaths to relate neither more nor less than the truth of what had passed before him ansaldo's depositions were written down nearly in the following words to which vivaldi listened with almost trembling attention for besides the curiosity which some previous circumstances had excited respecting them he believed that his own fate in a great measure depended upon a discovery of the fact to which they led what if he had surmised how much and that the person whom he had been in some degree instrumental in citing before this tremendous tribunal was the father of his elena de rosalba ansaldo having again answered to his name and titles gave his deposition as follows it was on the eve of the twenty-fifth of april and in the year seventeen fifty two that as i sat according to my custom in the confessional of san marco i was alarmed by deep groans which came from the box on my left hand vivaldi observed that the date now mentioned agreed with that recorded by the stranger and he was thus prepared to believe what might follow and to give his confidence to this extraordinary and unseen personage ansaldo continued i was the more alarmed by these sounds because i had not been prepared for them i knew not that any person was in the confessional nor had even observed any one pass along the aisle but the duskiness of the hour may account for my having failed to do so it was after sunset and the tapers at the shrine of san antonio as yet burned feebly in the twilight be brief holy father said the inquisitor who had formerly been most active in examining vivaldi speak closely to the point the groans would sometimes cease resumed ansaldo and long pauses of silence follow they were those of a soul in agony struggling with the consciousness of guilt yet wanting resolution to confess it i tried to encourage the penitent and hold forth every hope of mercy and forgiveness which my duty would allow but for a considerable time without effect the enormity of the sin seemed too big for utterance yet the penitent appeared equally unable to endure the concealment of it 
His heart was bursting with the secret, and required the comfort of absolution, even at the price of the severest penance. "'Facts!' said the Inquisitor. "'These are only surmises.' "'Facts will come full soon,' replied Ansaldo, and bowed his head. "'The mention of them will petrify you, holy fathers, as they did me, though not for the same reasons.' While I endeavoured to encourage the penitent, and assured him that absolution should follow the acknowledgment of his crimes, however heinous those crimes might be, if accompanied by sincere repentance, he more than once began his confession, and abruptly dropped it. Once, indeed, he quitted the confessional. His agitated spirit required liberty, and it was then, as he walked with perturbed steps along the aisle, that I first observed his figure he was in the habit of a white friar and as nearly as i can recollect was about the stature of him the father scidoni who now stands before me as ansaldo delivered these words the attention of the whole tribunal was turned upon scidoni who stood unmoved and with his eyes bent towards the ground his face continued the penitentiary i did not see he was with good reason careful to conceal it other resemblance, therefore, than the stature I cannot point out between them. The voice, indeed the voice of the penitent, I think I shall never forget. I should know it again at any distance of time. "'Has it not struck your ear since you came within these walls?' said a member of the tribunal. "'Of that hereafter,' observed the inquisitor, "'you wander from the point, father.' The vicar-general remarked that the circumstances just related were important, and ought not to be passed over as irrelevant. The inquisitor submitted to this opinion, but objected that they were not pertinent to the moment, and Ansaldo was again bidden to repeat what he had heard at confession. When the stranger returned to the steps of the confessional, he had acquired sufficient resolution to go through with the task he had imposed upon himself, and a thrilling voice spoke through the grate the facts I am about to relate. Father Ansaldo paused, and was somewhat agitated. He seemed endeavouring to recollect courage to go through with what he had begun during this pause the silence of expectation wrapped the court and the eyes of the tribunal were directed alternately to ansaldo and scadoni who certainly required something more than human firmness to support unmoved the severe scrutiny and the yet severer suspicions to which he stood exposed whether however it was the fortitude of conscious innocence or the hardihood of atrocious vice that protected the confessor he certainly did not portray any emotion vivaldi who had unceasingly observed him from the commencement of the depositions felt inclined to believe that he was not the penitent described ansaldo having at length recollected himself proceeded as follows i have been through life said the penitent the slave of my passions and they have led me into horrible excesses i had once a brother he stopped and deep groans again told the agony of his soul at length he added that brother had a wife now listen father and say whether guilt like mine may hope for absolution she was beautiful i loved her she was virtuous and i despaired you father he continued in a frightful tone never knew the fury of despair it overcame or communicated its own force to every other passion of my soul and i sought to release myself from its tortures by any means my brother died the penitent paused again continued ansaldo i trembled while i listened my lips were sealed at length i bade him proceed and he spoke as follows my brother died at a distance from home again the penitent paused and the silence continued so long that i thought it proper to inquire of what disorder the brother had expired father i was his murderer said the penitent in a voice which i can never forget it sunk into my heart Ansaldo appeared affected by the remembrance, and was for a moment silent. At the last words Vivaldi had particularly noticed Scadoni, that he might judge by their effect upon him whether he was guilty. But he remained in his former attitude, and his eyes were still fixed upon the ground. "'Proceed, father,' said the Inquisitor. "'What was your reply to this confession?' "'I was silent,' said Ansaldo, but at length I bade the penitent go on i contrived said he that my brother should die at a distance from home and i so conducted the affair that his widow never suspected the cause of his death it was not till long after the usual time of mourning had expired that i ventured to solicit her hand but she had not yet forgotten my brother and she rejected me 
my passion would no longer be trifled with i caused her to be carried from her house and she was afterwards willing to retrieve her honour by the marriage vow i had sacrificed my conscience without having found happiness she did not even condescend to conceal her disdain mortified exasperated by her conduct i begun to suspect that some other emotion than resentment occasioned this disdain and last of all jealousy jealousy came to crown my misery to light up all my passions into madness the penitent added ansaldo appeared by the manner in which he uttered this to be nearly frantic at the moment and convulsive sobs soon stifled his words when he resumed his confession he said i soon found an object for my jealousy among the few persons who visited us in the retirement of our country residence was a gentleman who i fancied loved my wife i fancied too that whenever he appeared an air of particular satisfaction was visible on her countenance she seemed to have pleasure in conversing with and showing him distinction i even sometimes thought she had pride in displaying to me the preference she entertained for him and that an air of triumph and even scorn was addressed to me whenever she mentioned his name perhaps i mistook resentment for love and she only wished to punish me by exciting my jealousy fatal error she punished herself also be less circumstantial father said the inquisitor Ansaldo bowed his head and continued one evening continued the penitent that i returned home unexpectedly i was told that a visitor was with my wife as i approached the apartment where they sat i heard the voice of sachi it seemed mournful and supplicating i stopped to listen and distinguished enough to fire me with vengeance i restrained myself however so far as to step softly to a lattice that opened from the passage and overlooked the apartment the traitor was on his knee before her whether she had heard my step or observed my face through the high lattice or that she resented his conduct i know not but she rose immediately from her chair i did not pause to question her motive but seizing my stiletto i rushed into the room with intent to strike it to the villain's heart the supposed assassin of my honour escaped into the garden and was heard of no more but your wife said i her bosom received the poniard replied the penitent Ansaldo's voice faltered as he repeated this part of the confession and he was utterly unable to proceed the tribunal observing his condition allowed him a chair and after a struggle of some moments he added think holy fathers oh think what must have been my feelings at that instant i was myself the lover of the woman whom he confessed himself to have murdered was she innocent said a voice and vivaldi whose attention had latterly been fixed upon ansaldo now on looking at scidoni perceived that it was he who had spoken at the sound of his voice the penitentiary turned instantly towards him there was a pause of general silence during which ansaldo's eyes were earnestly fixed upon the accused at length he spoke she was innocent he replied with solemn emphasis she was most virtuous scidoni had shrunk back within himself he asked no further a murmur ran through the tribunal which rose by degrees till it broke forth into audible conversation at length the secretary was directed to note the question of scidoni was that the voice of the penitent which you have just heard demanded the inquisitor of ansaldo remember you have said that you should know it again i think it was replied ansaldo but i cannot swear to that what infirmity of judgment is this said the same inquisitor who himself was seldom troubled with the modesty of doubt upon any subject ansaldo was bidden to resume the narrative on this discovery of the murderer said the penitentiary i quitted the confessional and my senses forsook me before i could deliver orders for the detection of the assassin when i recovered it was too late he had escaped from that hour to the present i have never seen him nor dare i affirm that the person now before me is he the inquisitor was about to speak but the grand vicar waved his hand as a signal for attention and addressing ansaldo said although you may be unacquainted with scedoni the monk of the spirito santo reverend father can you not recollect the person of the count di bruno your former friend ansaldo again looked at scedoni with a scrutinizing eye he fixed it long but the countenance of scedoni suffered no change no said the penitentiary at length i dare not take upon me to assert that this is the count di bruno 
if it is he years have wrought deeply on his features that the penitent was the count di bruno i have proof he mentioned my name as his visitor and particular circumstances known only to the count and myself but that father skidoni was the penitent i repeat it i dare not affirm but that dare i said another voice and vivaldi turning towards it beheld the mysterious stranger advancing his cowl now thrown back and an air of menace overspreading every terrific feature skidoni in the instant that he perceived him seemed agitated his countenance for the first time suffered some change the tribunal was profoundly silent but surprise and a kind of restless expectation marked every brow vivaldi was about to exclaim that is my informer when the voice of the stranger checked him. "'Dost thou know me?' said he, sternly, to Skidoni, and his attitude became fixed. Skidoni gave no reply. "'Dost thou know me?' repeated his accuser, in a steady, solemn voice. "'Know thee,' uttered Skidoni, faintly. "'Dost thou know this?' cried the stranger, raising his voice, as he drew from his garment what appeared to be a dagger dost thou know these indelible stains said he lifting the poniard and with an outstretched arm pointing it towards skidoni the confessor turned away his face it seemed as if his heart sickened with this dagger was thy brother slain said the terrible stranger shall i declare myself skidoni's courage forsook him and he sunk against a pillar of the hall for support the consternation was now general the extraordinary appearance and conduct of the stranger seemed to strike the greater part of the tribunal a tribunal of the inquisition itself with dismay several of the members rose from their seats others called aloud for the officials who kept guard at the doors of the hall and inquired who had admitted the stranger while the vicar-general and a few inquisitors conversed privately together during which they frequently looked at the stranger and at skidoni as if they were the subjects of the discourse Meanwhile the monk remained with the dagger in his grasp, and his eyes fixed on the confessor, whose face was still averted, and who yet supported himself against the pillar. At length the vicar-general called upon the members who had arisen to return to their seats, and ordered that the officials should withdraw to their posts. "'Holy brethren,' said the vicar, "'we recommend to you at this important hour silence and deliberation. Let the examination of the accused proceed.' and hereafter let us inquire as to the admittance of the accuser for the present suffer him also to have hearing and the father scudoni to reply we suffer him answered the tribunal and bowed their heads vivaldi who during the tumult had ineffectually endeavoured to make himself heard now profited by the pause which followed the assent of the inquisitors to claim attention but the instant he spoke several members impatiently bade that the examination should proceed and the grand vicar was again obliged to command silence before the request of vivaldi could be understood permission to speak being granted him that person said he pointing to the stranger is the same who visited me in my prison and the dagger the same he now displays. It was he who commanded me to summon the penitentiary Ansaldo and the father Scudoni. I have acquitted myself, and have nothing further to do in this struggle. The tribunal was again agitated, and the murmurs of private conversation again prevailed. Meanwhile Scudoni appeared to have recovered some degree of self-command. He raised himself, and bowing to the tribunal, seemed preparing to speak but waited till the confusion of sound that filled the hall should subside at length he could be heard and addressing the tribunal he said holy fathers the stranger who is now before you is an impostor i will prove that my accuser was once my friend you may perceive how much the discovery of his perfidy affects me the charge he brings is most false and malicious once the friend replied the stranger with peculiar emphasis and what has made me the enemy view these spots he continued pointing to the blade of the poniard are they also false and malicious are they not on the contrary reflected on the conscience i know them not replied skidoni my conscience is unstained a brother's blood has stained it said the stranger in a hollow voice vivaldi whose attention was now fixed upon skidoni observed a livid hue overspread his complexion and that his eyes were averted from this extraordinary person with horror 
the spectre of his deceased brother could scarcely have called forth a stronger expression it was not immediately that he could command his voice when he could he again appealed to the tribunal holy fathers said he suffer me to defend myself holy fathers said the accuser with solemnity hear hear what i shall unfold scadoni who seemed to speak by a strong effort only again addressed the inquisitors i will prove said he that this evidence is not of a nature to be trusted i will bring such proof to the contrary said the monk and here pointing to ansaldo is sufficient testimony that the count di bruno did confess himself guilty of murder the court commanded silence and upon the appeal of the stranger to ansaldo the penitentiary was asked whether he knew him he replied that he did not recollect yourself said the grand inquisitor it is of the utmost consequence that you should be correct on this point the penitentiary observed the stranger with deep attention and then repeated his assertion have you never seen him before said an inquisitor never to my knowledge replied ansaldo the inquisitors looked upon each other in silence he speaks the truth said the stranger this extraordinary fact did not fail to strike the tribunal and to astonish vivaldi since the accuser confirmed it vivaldi was at a loss to understand the means by which he could have become acquainted with the guilt of scadoni who it was not to be supposed would have acknowledged crimes of such magnitude as those contained in the accusation to any person except indeed to his confessor and this confessor it appeared was so far from having betrayed his trust to the accuser that he did not even know him vivaldi was no less perplexed as to what would be the nature of the testimony with which the accuser designed to support his charges but the pause of general amazement which had permitted vivaldi these considerations was now at an end the tribunal resumed the examination and the grand inquisitor called aloud you vincentio di vivaldi answer with exactness to the questions that shall be put to you he was then asked some questions relative to the person who had visited him in prison in his answers vivaldi was clear and concise constantly affirming that the stranger was the same who now accused scadoni when the accuser was interrogated he acknowledged without hesitation that vivaldi had spoken the truth he was then asked his motive for that extraordinary visit it was replied the monk that a murderer might be brought to justice this observed the grand inquisitor might have been accomplished by fair and open accusation if you had known the charge to be just it is probable that you would have appealed directly to this tribunal instead of endeavouring infidiously to obtain an influence over the mind of a prisoner and urging him to become the instrument of bringing the accused to punishment yet i have not shrunk from discovery observed the stranger calmly i have voluntarily appeared at these words scadoni seemed again much agitated and even drew his hood over his eyes that is just said the grand inquisitor addressing the stranger but you have neither declared your name or whence you come to this remark the monk made no reply but scadoni with reviving spirit urged the circumstance in evidence of the malignity and falsehood of the accuser wilt thou compel me to reveal my proof said the stranger darest thou to do so why should i fear thee answered scadoni ask thy conscience said the stranger with a terrible frown the tribunal again suspended the examination and consulted in private together to the last exhortation of the monk scadoni was silent vivaldi observed that during this short dialogue the confessor had never once turned his eyes towards the stranger but apparently avoided him as an object too affecting to be looked upon he judged from this circumstance and from other appearances in his conduct that scadoni was guilty yet the consciousness of guilt alone did not perfectly account he thought for the strong emotion with which he avoided the sight of his accuser unless indeed he knew that accuser to have been not only an accomplice in his crime but the actual assassin in this case it appeared natural even for the stern and subtle scadoni to betray his horror on beholding the person of the murderer with the very instrument of crime in his grasp on the other hand vivaldi could not but perceive it to be highly improbable that the very man who had really committed the deed should come voluntarily into a court of justice for the purpose of accusing his employer 
that he should dare publicly to accuse him whose guilt however enormous was not more so than his own the extraordinary manner also in which the accuser had proceeded in the commencement of the affair engaged vivaldi's consideration his apparent reluctance to be seen in this process and the artful and mysterious plan by which he had caused scadoni to be summoned before the tribunal and had endeavoured that he should be there accused by ansaldo indicated at least to vivaldi's apprehension the fearfulness of guilt and still more that malice and a thirst of vengeance had instigated his conduct in the prosecution if the stranger had been actuated only by a love of justice it appeared that he would not have proceeded toward it in a way thus dark and circuitous but have sought it by the usual process and have produced the proofs which he even now asserted he possessed of scadoni's crimes in addition to the circumstances which seemed to strengthen a supposition of the guiltlessness of scadoni was that of the accusers avoiding to acknowledge who he was and whence he came but vivaldi paused again upon this point it appeared to be inexplicable and he could not imagine why the accuser had adopted a style of secrecy which if he persisted in it must probably defeat the very purpose of the accusation for vivaldi did not believe that the tribunal would condemn a prisoner upon the testimony of a person who when called upon should publicly refuse to reveal himself even to them yet the accuser must certainly have considered this circumstance before he ventured into court notwithstanding which he had appeared these reflections led vivaldi to various conjectures relative to the visit he had himself received from the monk the dream that had preceded it the extraordinary means by which he had obtained admittance to the prison the declaration of the sentinels that not any person had passed the door and many other unaccountable particulars and while vivaldi now looked upon the wild physiognomy of the stranger he almost fancied as he had formerly done that he beheld something not of this earth i have heard of the spirit of the murdered said he to himself restless for justice becoming visible in our world but vivaldi checked the imperfect thought and though his imagination inclined him to the marvellous and to admit ideas which filling and expanding all the faculties of the soul produce feelings that partake of the sublime he now resisted the propensity and dismissed as absurd a supposition which had begun to thrill his every nerve with horror he awaited however the result of the examination and what might be the further conduct of the stranger with intense expectation when the tribunal had at length finally determined on the method of their proceedings scadoni was first called upon and examined as to his knowledge of the accuser it was the same inquisitor who had formerly interrogated vivaldi that now spoke you father scudoni a monk of the spirito santo convent at naples otherwise fernando county bruno answer to the questions which shall be put to you do you know the name of this man who now appears as your accuser i answer not to the title of county bruno replied the confessor but i will declare that i know this man his name is nicola di zampari what is his condition he is a monk of the dominican convent of the spirito santo replied scadoni of his family i know little where have you seen him in the city of naples where he has resided during some years beneath the same roof with me when i was of the convent of sant'angiolo and since that time in the spirito santo you have been a resident at the sant'angiolo said the inquisitor i have replied scadoni and it was there that we first lived together in the confidence of friendship you now perceive how ill-placed was that confidence said the inquisitor and repent no doubt of your imprudence the wary scadoni was not entrapped by this observation i must lament a discovery of ingratitude he replied calmly but the subjects of my confidence were too pure to give occasion for repentance this nicola di zampari was ungrateful then you had rendered him services said the inquisitor the cause of his enmity i can well explain observed scadoni evading for the present the question explain said the stranger solemnly scadoni hesitated some sudden consideration seemed to occasion him perplexity i call upon you in the name of your deceased brother said the accuser to reveal the cause of my enmity 
vivaldi struck by the tone in which the stranger spoke this turned his eyes upon him but knew not how to interpret the emotion visible on his countenance the inquisitor commanded scadoni to explain himself the latter could not immediately reply but when he recovered a self-command he added i promised this accuser this nicola di zampari to assist his preferment with what little interest i possessed it was but little some succeeding circumstances encouraged me to believe that i could do more than fulfil my promise his hopes were elevated and in the fullness of expectation he was disappointed for i was myself deceived by the person in whom i had trusted to the disappointment of a choleric man i am to attribute this unjust accusation scadoni paused and an air of dissatisfaction and anxiety appeared upon his features his accuser remained silent but a malicious smile announced his triumph you must declare also the services said the inquisitor which merited the reward you promised those services were inestimable to me resumed scadoni after a momentary hesitation though they cost di little they were the consolations of sympathy the intelligence of friendship which he administered and which gratitude told me never could be repaid of sympathy of friendship said the grand vicar are we to believe that a man who brings false accusation of so dreadful a nature as the one now before us is capable of bestowing the consolations of sympathy and of friendship you must either acknowledge that services of a less disinterested nature won your promises of reward or we must conclude that your accuser's charge is just your assertions are inconsistent and your explanation too trivial to deceive for a moment i have declared the truth said scadoni haughtily in what instance asked the inquisitor for your assertions contradict each other scadoni was silent vivaldi could not judge whether the pride which occasioned his silence was that of innocence or of remorse it appears from your own testimony said the inquisitor that the ingratitude was yours not your accusers since he consoled you with kindness which you have never returned him have you anything further to say scadoni was still silent this then is your only explanation added the inquisitor scadoni bowed his head the inquisitor then addressing the accuser demanded what he had to reply i have nothing to reply said the stranger with malicious triumph the accused has replied for me we are to conclude then that he has spoken truth when he asserted you to be a monk of the spirito santo at naples said the inquisitor you holy father said the stranger gravely appealing to the inquisitor can answer for me whether i am vivaldi listened with emotion the inquisitor rose from his chair and with solemnity replied i answer then that you are not a monk of naples by that reply said the vicar-general in a low voice to the inquisitor i perceive you think father scadoni is guilty the rejoinder of the inquisitor was delivered in so low a tone that vivaldi could not understand it he was perplexed to interpret the answer given to the appeal of the stranger he thought that the inquisitor would not have ventured an assertion thus positive if his opinion had been drawn from inference only and that he should know the accuser while he was conducting himself towards him as a stranger amazed vivaldi no less than if he had understood the character of an inquisitor to be as artless as his own on the other hand he had so frequently seen the stranger at paluzzi and in the habit of a monk that he could hardly question the assertion of scadoni as to his identity the inquisitor addressing scadoni said your evidence we know to be in part erroneous your accuser is not a monk of naples but a servant of the most holy inquisition judging from this part of your evidence we must suspect the whole a servant of the inquisition exclaimed scadoni with unaffected surprise reverend father your assertion astonishes me you are deceived however strange it may appear trust me you are deceived you doubt the credit of my word i therefore will assert no more but inquire of signor vivaldi ask him whether he has not often and lately seen my accuser at naples and in the habit of a monk i have seen him at the ruins of paluzzi near maples and in the ecclesiastical dress replied vivaldi without waiting for the regular question and under circumstances no less extraordinary than those which have attended him here 
but in return for this frank acknowledgment i require of you father scadoni to answer some questions which i shall venture to suggest to the tribunal by what means were you informed that i have often seen the stranger at paluzzi and were you interested or not in his mysterious conduct towards me there to these questions though formally delivered from the tribunal scadoni did not deign to reply it appears then said the vicar-general that the accuser and the accused were once accomplices the inquisitor objected that this did not certainly appear and that on the contrary scadoni seemed to have given his last questions in despair an observation which vivaldi thought extraordinary from an inquisitor be it accomplices if it so please you said scadoni bowing to the grand vicar without noticing the inquisitor you may call us accomplices but i say that we were friends since it is necessary to my own peace that i should more fully explain some circumstances attending our intimacy i will own that my accuser was occasionally my agent and assisted in preserving the dignity of an illustrious family at naples the family of the vivaldi and there holy father added scadoni pointing to vincentio is the son of that ancient house for whom i have attempted so much vivaldi was almost overwhelmed by this confession of scadoni though he had already suspected a part of the truth in the stranger he believed he saw the slanderer of elena the base instrument of the marchesa's policy and of scadoni's ambition and the whole of his conduct at paluzzi at least seemed now intelligible in scadoni he beheld his secret accuser and the inexorable enemy whom he believed to have occasioned the imprisonment of elena at this latter consideration all circumspection all prudence forsook him he declared with energy that from what scadoni had just acknowledged to be his conduct he knew him for his secret accuser and the accuser also of elena di rosalba and he called upon the tribunal to examine into the confessor's motives for the accusation and afterwards to give hearing to what he would himself unfold to this the grand vicar replied that vivaldi's appeal would be taken into consideration and he then ordered that the present business should proceed the inquisitor addressing scadoni said the disinterested nature of your friendship is now sufficiently explained and the degree of credit which is due to your late assertions understood of you we ask no more but turn to father nicola di zampari and demand what he has to say in support of his accusation what are your proofs nicola di zampari that he who calls himself father scadoni is fernando count di bruno and that he has been guilty of murder the murder of his brother and of his wife answer to our charge to your first question said the monk i reply that he has himself acknowledged to me on an occasion which it is not necessary to mention that he was the count di bruno to the last i produce the poniard which i received with the dying confession of the assassin whom he employed still there are not proofs but assertion observed the vicar-general and the first forbids our confidence in the second if as you declare scadoni himself acknowledged to you that he was count di bruno you must have been to him the intimate friend he has declared you were or he would not have confided to you a secret so dangerous to himself and if you were that friend what confidence ought we to give to your assertions respecting the dagger since whether your accusations be true or false you prove yourself guilty of treachery in bringing them forward at all vivaldi was surprised to hear such candour from an inquisitor here is my proof said the stranger who now produced a paper containing what he asserted to be the dying confession of the assassin it was signed by a priest of rome as well as by himself and appeared from the date to have been given only a very few weeks before the priest he said was living and might be summoned the tribunal issued an order for the apprehension of this priest and that he should be brought to give evidence on the following evening after which the business of this night proceeded without further interruption towards its conclusion the vicar-general spoke again nicola di zampari i call upon you to say why if your proof of scadoni's guilt is so clear as the confession of the assassin himself must make it why you thought it necessary to summon father ansaldo to attest the criminality of the count di bruno the dying confession of the assassin is certainly of more weight than any other evidence i summoned the father ansaldo replied the stranger as a means of proving that scadoni is the count di bruno the confession of the assassin sufficiently proves the count to have been the instigator of the murder but not that scadoni is the count 
but that is more than i will engage to prove replied ansaldo i know it was the count di bruno who confessed to me but i do not know that the father scedoni who is now before me was the person who so confessed conscientiously observed said the vicar-general interrupting the stranger who was about to reply but you nicola di zampari have not on this head been sufficiently explicit how do you know that scedoni is the penitent who confessed to ansaldo on the vigil of san marco reverend father that is the point i was about to explain replied the monk i myself accompanied scedoni on the eve of san marco to the church of the santa maria del pianto at the very hour when the confession is said to have been made scedoni told me he was going to confession and when i observed to him his unusual agitation his behaviour implied a consciousness of extraordinary guilt he even betrayed it by some words which he dropped in the confusion of his mind i parted with him at the gates of the church he was then of an order of white friars and habited as father ansaldo has described within a few weeks after this confession he left his convent for what reason i never could learn though i have often surmised it and came to reside at the spirito santo whither i also had removed here is no proof said the vicar-general other friars of that order might confess at the same hour in the same church but here is strong presumption for proof observed the inquisitor holy father we must judge from probabilities as well as from proof but probabilities themselves replied the vicar-general are strongly against the evidence of a man who would betray another by means of words dropped in the unguarded moments of powerful emotion are these the sentiments of an inquisitor said vivaldi to himself can such glorious candour appear amidst the tribunal of an inquisition tears fell fast on vivaldi's cheek while he gazed upon this just judge whose candour had it been exerted in his cause could not have excited more powerful sensations of esteem and admiration an inquisitor he repeated to himself an inquisitor the inferior inquisitor however was so far from possessing any congeniality of character with his superior that he was evidently disappointed by the appearance of liberality which the vicar-general discovered and immediately said has the accuser anything further to urge in evidence that the father scadoni is the penitent who confessed to the penitentiary ansaldo i have replied the monk with asperity when i had left scadoni in the church i lingered without the walls for his return according to appointment but he appeared considerably sooner than i expected and in a state of disorder such as i had never witnessed in him before in an instant he passed me nor could my voice arrest his progress confusion seemed to reign within the church and the convent and when i would have entered for the purpose of inquiring the occasion of it the gates were suddenly closed and all entrance forbidden it has since appeared that the monks were then searching for the penitent a rumour afterwards reached me that a confession had caused this disturbance that the father confessor who happened at that time to be the grand penitentiary ansaldo had left the chair in horror of what had been divulged from the great and had judged it necessary that a search should be made for the penitent who was a white friar this report reverend fathers excited general attention with me it did more for i thought i knew the penitent when on the following day i questioned scadoni as to his sudden departure from the church of the black penitents his answers were dark but emphatic and he exhorted from me a promise thoughtless that i was never to disclose his visit of the preceding evening to the santa del pianto i then certainly discovered who was the penitent did he then confess to you also said the vicar-general no father i understood him to be the penitent to whom the report alluded but i had no suspicion of the nature of his crimes till the assassin began his confession the conclusion of which clearly explained the subject of scadoni's it explained also his motive for endeavouring ever after to attach me to his interest you have now said the vicar-general you have now confessed yourself a member of the convent of the spirito santo at naples and an intimate of the father scadoni one whom for many years he has endeavoured to attach to him not an hour has passed since you denied all this the negative to the latter circumstance was given it is true by implication only but to the first a direct and absolute denial was pronounced i deny that i am a monk of naples replied the accuser and i appeal to the inquisitor for the truth of my denial he has said that i am now a servant of the most holy inquisition 
the vicar-general with some surprise looked at the inquisitor for explanation other members of the tribunal did the same the rest appeared to understand more than they had thought it necessary to avow the inquisitor who had been called upon rose and replied nicola di zampari has spoken the truth it is not many weeks since he entered the holy office a certificate from his convent at naples bears testimony to the truth of what i advance and procured him admittance here it is extraordinary that you should not have disclosed your knowledge of this person before said the vicar-general holy father i had reasons replied the inquisitor you will recollect that the accused was present and you will understand them i comprehend you said the vicar-general but i do neither approve of nor perceive any necessity for your countenancing the subterfuge of this nicolas di zampari relative to his identity but more of this in private i will explain all there answered the inquisitor it appears then resumed the vicar-general speaking aloud that this nicolas di zampari was formerly the friend and confidant of father scudoni whom he now accuses the accusation is evidently malicious whether it be also false remains to be decided a material question naturally arises out of the subject why was not the accusation brought forward before this period the monk's visage brightened with the satisfaction of anticipated triumph and he immediately replied most holy father as soon as i ascertained the crime i prepared to prosecute the perpetrator of it a short period only has elapsed since the assassin gave his confession in this interval i discovered in these prisons signor vivaldi and immediately comprehended by whose means he was confined i knew enough both of the accuser and the accused to understand which of these was innocent and had then a double motive for causing scudoni to be summoned i wished equally to deliver the innocent and punish the criminal the question as to the motive for my becoming the enemy of him who was once my friend is already answered it was a sense of justice not a suggestion of malice the grand vicar smiled but asked no further and this long examination concluded with committing scudoni again into close custody till full evidence should be obtained of his guilt or his innocence should appear respecting the manner of his wife's death there was yet no other evidence than that which was asserted to be his own confession which though perhaps sufficient to condemn a criminal before the tribunal of the inquisition was not enough to satisfy the present vicar-general who gave direction that means might be employed towards obtaining proof of each article of the accusation in order that should scudoni be acquitted of the charge of having murdered his brother documents might appear for prosecuting him respecting the death of his wife scudoni when he withdrew from the hall bowed respectfully to the tribunal and whether notwithstanding late appearances he were innocent or that subtlety enabled him to reassume his usual address it is certain his manner no longer betrayed any symptom of conscious guilt his countenance was firm and even tranquil and his air dignified vivaldi who during the greater part of this examination had been convinced of his criminality now only doubted his innocence vivaldi was himself reconducted to his prison and the sitting of the tribunal was dissolved end of chapter twenty eight